And yet the notion that the universe might be infinite, that there wasn't an outermost sphere of stars that bound it all in, terrified him. Hello, I'm Petter Vernon with Mostly Essays podcast. Thanks for joining me. Today, we'll have a look at the essay entitled Farther to Reach. Farther to Reach can be found in uh, many circles. A book of new and selected essays by Albert Goldbarth. Uh, and he's been uh, described as marrying emotions, thoughts, and events that we'd never thought to see in proximity to one another. And through his genius, we, redis- we rediscover the world's history and our own, says Frederick Bush. So here we go with Albert Goldbarth's Farther to Reach. Kipler was born in 1571. He knew about as much of the night sky and its mysteries as anyone alive in his time. We might say his skull contained the sky of the 16th and early 17th centuries, held it in place like a planetarium dome. Today, we still haven't improved on his famous three laws of planetary motion. And yet, the notion that the universe might be infinite, that there wasn't an outermost sphere of stars that bound it all in, terrified him filled him with what he termed as secret hidden horror. One finds himself wandering in this immensity in which are denied limits and center. This is, of course, the dread of free verse, though that one might fall into Whitman and free float directionlessly forever. Whitman called himself a cosmos, And in Song of Myself, the vision is of a creation whose parts are limitless and numberless. These words and their kin are used with manic glee and with great intentionality. This is poetry's announcement of the given of 20th century astronomy. The universe is, so far as we know it, unbounded. But it isn't easy to talk through a day of fists and kisses, paychecks, diaper stains, tire jacks, and our building block aspirations with the mind fixed on infinity. Every year in beginning poetry classes, hands startle up in protest of free verse. It isn't poetry, which is metered and rhymed, and so is a kind of map of Kepler's universe. John Donne's poems, for instance, he was born one year after Kepler, and he praises his lover by placing her at the center of an onion ring sky. So many spheres, but one heaven make, and they're all concentric unto thee. And yet as early as 1577, Kepler was only six years old. The British astronomer Thomas Diggs undid the outer sphere and published a vision of stars in endlessness, of which lights celestial it is to be thought 
that we only behold such as are in the inferent parts, even that all our sight be not able farther to reach or conceive the greatest part, rest by reason of their wonderful distance invisible unto us. Perhaps infinity isn't discovered along a timeline of gathering progress, but by certain sensibility, no matter where it lives. In that land of simultaneous sensibility, I think that I could knock on Kipler's door and invite him out for some bears with Whitman. Really, he's flinging his cloak on now. It's foggy night as we sit around the veranda overlooking the lake. The sky is cloudy, and so are my two friends' faces. They don't know each other, are guarded, and rely on me to ease the conversation. And I do, though. Or maybe it's the bear. It turns out we can shoot the shit all night, stand after sen, antidote after an antidote, until the first light swarms over the water like thistledown on fire. Then the fog disappears which is, of course, the day clearing its throat for clear speech.